Yo, yo, yo. If you've been thinking about how to step up your game and you know that marketing is the biggest hurdle inside of your business, like I know a lot of it is, it's hard, man. There's a lot of moving pieces, getting your website, your landing pages, your copy, your ads, your creative, the pixels, the coding, it just goes on and on and on. And you need to be focused on building your dreams, not focused on all these small little pieces. So if you need help with some of your marketing, you need to go to the Fix Your Marketing community inside of Facebook. It's a bright blue background with a cartoon image of me planting a flag on top of a mountain and it says Fix Your Marketing. It's free to join. There's no obligation and you can come in and get help where no matter where you're at inside of your marketing game, whether you're an expert or you're just someone starting out that's looking to build their business online. It's a great place and a great community for you to come and get some help. Everybody, I've been waiting super, super long for this episode. This episode has been a long time coming. Today, I brought you an entrepreneur who I consider to be a systems genius, someone who is about to launch a new book. He's super tactical around systematizing your business so you can be an entrepreneur and not a slave to the game. So far, both of his books that I've read, total game changers, and I cannot wait for you guys to get inside this episode with Mike Mikalowitz. Mike, what is going on, man? Happy to have you aboard on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Alex, it's a joy to be here. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, real fast before we get started, because I know this episode is going to be value packed and people are obviously going to listen all the way through the end. But where can people find more about you and your content and your information? I'll give you the shortcut. It's MikeMotorbike.com. It's actually Mike Michalowicz. No one can spell it. So my nickname is Mike Motorbike and you can go there. Uh, my books, free content. I used to write for the Wall Street Journal, free. I have my own podcast, Mike Up In Your Business. It's all at MikeMotorbike.com. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for that. I'm, so. You. I want to get started around how you kind of put your mind together around writing all these books. Um, I think it's really interesting and I, I want to know kind of your thought process, but I want to say from my perspective, what I've seen, you really understand how to tackle the main problems that all these business owners are facing and all these different areas that surround their business. And it sounds like each one of these books is really meant to fill one of those holes. Yeah. So what I consider a business is like a chain. So if there's like a chain between me and you, Alex, and we're pulling it and the goal is to make this chain stronger, it will always break at the exact same spot, which is the weakest link. But entrepreneurs have the propensity to work on everything. You know, we say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to, I'm working on everything, but nothing's working. I'm fixing every link, but it's not getting stronger. And the reason is because chains break at the weakest link. If we simply identify that and fix it, the entire chain gets stronger. And then you find the next weakest link and you step forward. So what I'm hoping to do with entrepreneurs is, is identify all these areas where there could be links. Fix This Next actually focuses on finding the link and then bring strength to it. Mm. And what's beautiful is instead of having to work on everything, just work on the one thing, the one thing that has the biggest impact and then the next one thing. What would you say was really like that big catalyst for you to start to understand a lot of this? Was it running your own business? Was it from working with other businesses? How did you start to really put all this together? Because I've talked with people that have run multi eight and nine figure businesses. Yeah. And we talk about your work and they're like, I wish I would have known about this guy sooner. So where, <laughs> yeah, where, does all that, where does all that come from? How did you get all this knowledge inside of you? Yeah. Well, a lot of the inspiration for the finding the problems are my own businesses. I, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Finding the solution, it's other businesses. I, mm. I, I've had the privilege now of talking, I believe, with thousands of people, but uh, I have access to so many entrepreneurs. And what I find is there is common threads of frustration points. Mm. So, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs say like, I, I need to sell my way out of this. I, I sell more. One of the most common problems I'm hearing right now is selling more. Uh, or 
perceived solutions. And yet sales doesn't fix the business. Actually, sales brings more stress, more obligation. You know, pre-roll before doing this, you're like, oh man, I read profit first and I realized I gotta stop selling. I gotta fix the essence of my business, maybe sell more profitably. So I think we too much rely on our gut. Mm. I hear entrepreneurs do it all the time. We go after one thing, which is the wrong thing. And then we get frustrated. It's not fixing it. So, so the source is uh, a lot of my own practical experience for the problems, but the solutions, I, I try to curate them from the world around us. That's amazing. What made you really want to go into this endeavor of writing all these books, creating this ecosystem that you have around you? You know, most of the time when I see entrepreneurs write books, they're very, uh, it's almost like they're trying to create the Taj Mahal for themselves, <laughs> right? Like it, yeah, it's, it's all that one. top chimp status of look at how awesome and significant I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's not the case with any of your marketing or branding. What made you want to go through this path? Yeah, mine's more like I'm a big D bag. Uh, <laughs> I'm a total. Big, well, I, partly as frust, I'm, I was was and still frustrated by chest pounding, and uh, I, I see it still regularly enough. It, it really frustrates me mm-hmm. when you see you know the guy with the jet behind him and the the Bentley, which I'll tell you is likely uh, you know he broke onto the tarmac and, and he's there illegally, and that that Bentley is rented for an hour. Like it's there's a lot of posturing which isn't true. Yeah, it frustrates me. So I want people to see the real raw side of entrepreneurship. It's effing hard. There's there's struggle and so forth. But I also want people to be inspired and enthusiastic. There was a study that came out. Only seven percent of the world population will ever be business owners. Our job is to provide jobs. We we support the economy. We need to be successful. But we also have to realize that that it's it's not this this posh journey of Taj Mahal success. And um, that's why for me, it's important just to be really raw, really real, but also hopefully inspirational and simplifying the journey. That's awesome. One of the ways that I've noticed that you do that is with your social media content. It's very very documentary style, which I absolutely love because there's not this... There's not this hyper polished effect to what it is, right? The yeah. website's awesome, right? All, all the digital assets that you need to be successful online are there, right? The way you do your lead magnets, the follow-up, the email sequences are all amazing. But when you look at the social, you really do a great job of giving the behind the scenes of your life, which is really interesting to me because I see people talk about doing that and then they flip it and do the complete opposite of, I need to hire 500 photographers and pump out 10,000 videos and try to be Gary Vee. And that's just not the case of how this stuff works. Yeah. And, and I think that's the danger. I, we see a Gary Vee or Tim Ferriss or whoever it is in the entrepreneurial space. I'm like, oh, that's success. And the reality is that's not success. That's their success. I, I really believe we all need to lean into ourselves and, and just be who we are. And um I feel very comfortable because everything I put out there is, is the real me. Like you see me sh- shoveling snow and, and gardening and like just doing the, the stuff I do. Um, and when I meet people consistently, I hear like, oh my gosh, like you're the same as that guy on those videos. Oh my gosh, you're the same as I heard you on the podcast. Like that's you. The ultimate compliment I got is so I released a book and I got a call from an old college buddy I hadn't talked to in like 15 years. And he calls up and he's like, I had to call you because I was reading this entrepreneur book. And I'm laughing and reading it. I'm like, this is just like the guy I knew back in the fraternity. It's that same moron, Mike McCallowitz. And then he flips to the front. He's like, holy shit, it's your book. So to me, that was such a great definition of just consistently being myself. Yeah. How would you, because that's not the message we get, right? 
So for people that are struggling with flipping that switch in their brain, where do you start? Yeah, I, I think the the truth is there is a community starving for every one of us and they're starving for the true us. It's interesting. I think if we lean into who we truly are, someone's going to see that and say, oh my gosh, finally someone's standing up for who we are. So if if you're the nerdy guy, be the nerdy guy and lean into it. If, if you truly are the, 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 the rich jerky type guy, lean into that, Yeah, you know, but, but you got to be authentic. The second we start trying to play into what we think the community want wants is the second we start diluting ourselves. People will just want raw reality. And, and they, they, then you become the champion for that community. Yeah. I noticed the same thing with my brand too. Um, I'm super nerdy. I'm super techie. Love it. Uh, yeah. That's why I love music so much is it can put me into flow state, but I love learning scales and just doing repetition with them. And what I noticed is when I started posting more about my neuroscience mind and just all the tips that I love to learn when I was in college, it really translated well into social media content because people were fascinated by it, but they didn't want to go out and do it on their own. So what I thought right. was super interesting and like it gets my brain buzzing I just assume well, I'm just, I'm some weird techie nerd that nobody's really ever going to resonate with. And it's like, holy crap, there's, there's a lot of you out there. You know, it was interesting, uh, you know, talking about guitar. So I, I play, I'm a hack. Um, so I, I got my guitars, some of them right there. Hey baby. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, I play guitar too, but, um, you know, I, I can bang out a few chords and, uh, I can, I can maybe do a solo or two. I, I just do the minor pentatonic stuff and that's sure. about it. But what's interesting is there are many experts on uh, YouTube and so forth sharing how to play guitar. What's interesting is there's different flavors of folks. So there's one guy who uh, I think is from the Netherlands and your name, your last name is kind of Netherlandish. It's, it's, you know, uh, that it's kind of Dutch, Europe. Yeah. Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so you're good. That's for the Netherlands. Right. Yeah. So um, there's a guy there and he's got this Dutch accent. He's an extraordinarily great, great guitarist and his style is really interesting in the way he communicates. Well, there's another guy. He's got this long hair. He's like Mr. Metal. He's awesome. There's like this jazz guy. They're all teaching the same stuff, but they all have their own story behind it, their own flavor. And so one is more compelling than the other. They're all wildly successful. None of those guys became kind of the bland, like, here's your guitar teacher, instructor. and None of them. They're all teaching the same thing with their own verve behind it and it really is appealing to different communities so it, it, it can work even if you're doing the same stuff your own flavor adds that zhuzh to it how do you approach storytelling um <laughs> so storytelling is mission critical i believe talking about neuroscience i think there's nothing more sticky than painting pictures in people's minds yeah and storytelling there uh, therefore is absolutely critical facts are actually very hard to absorb because there's no picture it's just passive so when I share stories, I'm trying to paint pictures. When I tell stories, I, I did a lot of stage work. I'm, I'm not doing much now because of this COVID pandemic. But when I did, and I think I will again, I actually realized that presenting is a performance. It's not a speech. you got to perform it and, and, and live it. It's a one-man show. And by doing this, people get really engaged in the story. Uh, in, in book telling too, I'm trying to make it vivid enough where people can start painting pictures. I do know this last component of storytelling. If the reader or the listener, the person experiencing it feels like they're part of the story, then you've won. Don't make yourself the hero and like, oh, I'm amazing. 
make them the hero of the story and, and show the impact they're having and people thirst for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's narrative transportation, right? Pulling them yeah. into the story and really locking them in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's as old as humankind. Like, you know, around the campfire, uh, you know, the, the Neanderthal, Ugg, is talking to the other Neanderthal, Ugg too, and, and they're, they're doing stories. And that's how information was was transferred and, and sustained. Storytelling is, is mission critical and so few businesses leverage the fact. No one wants to hear, we're an amazing company, we have 7,000 great clients and we can serve you next. People are much more like, you know, we saw a problem out there of people marketing and placating, but not leveraging neuroscience. We ran this crazy experiment and oh my gosh, we got a client, you know, X, Y, Z, and it, it transformed their life. And then we're like, what if we this crazy idea and start a neuroscience lab? And so we got these geeky people all working at our lab and look at how crazy we are. And this is what we're doing. It, it, there's much more flavor to that than just the rote stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and when we started to lean into that, the whole game changed. I believe. Right? And, and everybody talks about it, right? It's that moment of like, that. it's that aha or that epiphany moment of even within your own brand, right? Because we were trying to do the same thing everybody else was. Yeah. And it wasn't clicking, right? And it wasn't until we finally leaned into this is really what we are and what we do, right? And it was all out of fear. It was the fear that we wouldn't sure. be accepted by the business community. It was the fear that we would be rejected yeah. because we're not we're not living up to what the status quo for other people are. We'd much rather take the first two or three months that we work with the client and do nothing but copy and messaging and wording and storytelling. And everybody wants the quick hit of ads. Yeah, we can do the ads. We can do all of this. But for us, the real magic is how can we leverage all the senses inside of your business? Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's and that and that's what we live for. And I noticed you you do that too, right? You use the word juice, sticky, <laughs> yeah, paint a yeah. picture, right? It's those it's those adjectives and those verbs that really suck you into a story that you can put your brain and your mind and emotions into. That's right. You know, there is a uh, a fear factor that kicks in, and I think it's right. Uh, it's very appropriate to feel that fear, but success is on the other side of it. we have to get through it. So the fear is if you're serving an existing community by watering down who you are, the fears are going to lose that community. And the fact is you likely will, because once you lean into who you really are, that community is going to say, oh, they're not for me anymore. But the question is, do we want to be accepted by people who really don't like us for who we are? They like us who they think we are, and it's not even real. Or do we want to be accepted by the community that really resonates with us? And I think for all of us, we want to be accepted by a community, but you have to have the courage to abandon the people who are seeing the fake you so that people, when they see the real, you can accept you. And it's that leap from changing one tribe to another that is really frightening. But if you do it, oh my God, the upside is so rewarding. It's like, oh, I, all I have to do is be myself. That's pretty cool. I love it. All right, Mike, I've got a quick fire round of questions for you. Okay. okay. These come from our audience. Yeah, so this is going to be fun. And these a few of them, I've never heard these types of questions before. So this will be interesting. If you could describe your business as an ice cream flavor, what would it be? Pistachio. Pistachio. Boom. Because I, first of all, pistachio is the best ice cream ever made and no one knows it. <laughs> I think it's the best ice cream ever made. I love it. Okay. The next one. East Coast or West Coast and why? Uh, East Coast, because I live there and I, and I love the the variety of the east coast from the the parts of maine all the way down to florida and everything you experience from it that being said my wife's from the west coast so if she hears this she's gonna punch me in the face okay 
This one I was tempted not to put in here because I know all your books are like babies to you, right? And they're your children. Your, your which book sucks the most? <laughs> which, which one would you go back and rewrite today? Oh, probably if I, if I had my choice, probably Surge. Um, that being said, I'm actually actively looking to rewrite Clockwork. I've discovered so much more, but Surge, I don't like the style I used. I, I try to break from what I naturally am and it didn't do so well. Yeah. What about Clockwork do you want to update if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, you know, well, Clockwork I released a few years ago and there's now some businesses that have fully implemented it. I want to include their stories oh, gotcha. to your point. So stories yeah. are powerful. I've also made some more discoveries. So some of the elements uh, I included can now be expanded on. Here's one of the key ones. When it comes to delegation, I, I talk about delegating the things that you don't like to do and building your mm -hmm. way up. What well, I found actually the most effective thing to do is delegate the thing you love most. Because if you can get someone else doing that, you start building the muscle. We cling to what we like. It's like me telling you, stop playing guitar, have someone else start playing a guitar. It's like, no, I love that. But it's the only way to extract you from keep playing guitar forever in your business. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Kind of on that point, one of, and I don't, I haven't read Clockwork, it's on my list, is one of the biggest tools I've ever implemented inside of my business is the Eisenhower Matrix of urgent versus important. Are yeah, you yeah, yeah. with that? Yes, I am. Yeah, it's it was a game changer as far as just being able to see like what I don't need to be doing. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and I've been actually expanding on that. I believe there is apparent, there's urgent, important, and there's also apparent. And I think the biggest trap we don't see is apparent, meaning I can go to my email right now and there's gonna be a hundred things demanding or uh, attracting me to, to take action on. I'm the one who will make a determination of which one I want to do. So those are apparent things. I apply urgency to say, this is the one I need to do. Mm. And then I start doing it, which is totally the wrong thing to do. So how do we control the apparent too is the other element I'm considering. Interesting. That would almost make it like a 3D graph then. Yeah, there you go. There you go, brother. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mike, man, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this and being on here. This The time absolutely flew by. Yeah. Where can people find out more about you again? How can they get a hold of you? And where do they start to fix all of this next? Yeah. So uh, envision yourself sitting on a motorcycle. That's the mnemonic. Mike Motorbike. It's me and you sitting on a motorcycle. It's Mike and it's a motorbike. So Mike Motorbike is the website. As I shared, all my books are up there. I used to work for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, my podcast, I'm a blogger. Uh, there's some actually cool uh, golden uh, Easter eggs hidden throughout the website too that you might enjoy. It's all at MikeMotorbike.com. I found a few of them. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah. Did you find the one that brings you to the anger management club? No. <laughs> you got to keep looking. No. All right. I'll find that one. Um, yeah. One of the things that I absolutely loved was the uh, all the different ways that you say your name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Mike McAllishitz. <laughs> it's Mike Michelobin Schmitz. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was fun making that. Oh, uh, dude. And see, that's, I know we're wrapping this up. That's one of the things that I, we were talking about earlier. You're, you're truly living your brand because your brand is you. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's that yeah. sense of humor. It's that witty, like kind of off the cuff type of fun. Yeah. That I think so many people are craving now. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Well, thanks for saying that. that's important to me. All right. One last question. Yeah. I promise. If you had a prayer for the world, what would it be? I would pray. And I do pray that um, people can lean into their true selves I think entrepreneurship is a platform for that. I really do. And that's why I'm so excited about entrepreneurship. But at the end of the day, entrepreneurship, honestly, is not fit for most people. Uh, it's the wackos. But we all have 
we all have something that's calling us out inside. And I just wish we could lean into that. It would be, it'd be such a nice place. That's so good. Mike, thank you so much for doing this today, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex.